When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five. Well, if you could, give us a ten-star review. But right now, Apple only has it set for a five-star review. Wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, in honor of Ox1947, LakersBall.com, but he's not here today. But I know who is here today. You got to go and support Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet at Lakerholics.com, plus our good friends of the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. And if you can support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. And big shout out to J. John Cerceda for giving us the heart on Facebook. We truly appreciate you catching us once again. Plus also as well, a big, big heads up to all of our YouTube viewers. You guys have been amazing out there. You've kept going nonstop even after the season ended. You've been giving us good numbers, and I'm truly indebted to you, and it is truly by all of us here at the Lakers Fast Break. Very much appreciated. We will go into the NBA playoffs here in a little bit, but of course it all starts off with the Lakers. Do you want to mention that I've got coming up here in the not-too-distant future a wonderful Lakers fan and also a guy that's an expert on the NBA draft, Stone Hansen. He returns here in an upcoming episode. He has much to say on the Lakers and what's going on there, plus also as well the NBA draft on the top three, who he thinks will go first, second, and third. That's coming up here in a couple of weeks. But for right now, it is the Lakers. They could be in Chicago at this point in time, along with our good friend Rafael Barlow, who's there now for the NBA Draft Combine, checking out all the prospects, because the Lakers may look into getting into or buying their way into either a late first round or a second round draft choice if there's someone that they really like. So they're right now investigating to see if there's someone that could fill out the roster. And boy, do they need the roster filled out because there's a lot of changes that need to be made. But the one biggest thing right now that's going on is for the biggest roster thing to be filled is the coach who is going to coach the team that's still continued there's no real update on the coaching carousel per se Kenny Atkinson got interviewed for a second time by Charlotte he is closely being monitored so when you go back for a second interview that means you're might be in the running but I know he's already interviewed with the Lakers as well 
but currently he is an assistant coach at Golden State, so I know his his plate is full. There's other options for the Lakers as well, but no new persistent rumors on who might have interviewed with the job this week. Right now, it's all about why and what they're interviewing about. And one of the things that interested us, and I sent this over to Laker Tom and everybody else that was going to be on the show, about some of the things that are rumored to be asked of these coaching candidates. And the one thing that stood out, which I know is to much of Laker Tom's chagrin, is, and I'll introduce you here in a sec, Laker Tom, is basically they're being asked reportedly about how they would utilize Russell Westbrook, which would mean either that they would say, go ahead and trade him out, right? But I think in that jest, I think they're going to go ahead and say they're asking how they would utilize Russell Westbrook as far as if he were to stay on the team. So I'm here today with a good man indeed who will comment on this, who has been no short of words when it comes to Russell Westbrook and his situation. Someone who really wants Russell Westbrook gone in the worst way possible. Not as, as a person, because he's a very good person, obviously, just immensely great in the fashion world and has contributed well as far as that's concerned. But as a player, yeah, absolutely. I don't think he wants him on the team, but it is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out his latest article today at Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. When reportedly you hear that and reportedly you read that these coaching candidates are being asked about how they would utilize Russell Westbrook, that doesn't give you the warm and fuzzies about the I guess the confidence that the team has in getting rid of him sooner rather than later. Well, you know, it's so easy because there's such low hanging fruit that hangs around (laughs) on Laker land for writers and bloggers to uh, just pluck out of the air and all of a sudden get a lot of attention. You think? And, 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 And it's because subjects like this have such a visceral reaction from Laker fans, especially when especially ones who've gone through this season with Russell Westbrook and don't want to even consider the concept of going through a second season with him. You know, I, th- I think it's part of, uh, in retrospect, my first reaction was, was obviously one of, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know? I think the second reaction is that they're trying to do the right thing. Jovan Buha did a, uh, for the athletic, did a tier analysis of the various coaches. You know, tier one was Nick Nurse, and there was nobody else on that tier. And, you know, and he went down the line on it. And a couple of the guys from the Bucks staff were were in the second tier. Um, By the way, count out Rajon Rondo after his contract. Yeah, right. Yeah, Rajon just shot himself in the foot. Um, Literally almost, yes. Yeah. You know, how much do these interviews really count? You know, somebody can come in and, and knock you, knock your, knock everybody off of their socks and, and just all of a sudden win a job. I find that hard to believe, but this is one of those types of questions that HR guys would think is a perfect question for them to ask for the coaches uh, who are coming in because it gives them an analysis. It doesn't really say that we're going to keep Westbrook, but it says, what would you do and how, what would your approach be? And it, it could serve a couple of purposes. Number one, maybe there's something that they haven't thought of. Maybe some coach comes in and he says, he's got a plan and, and the Lakers say, well, Man, okay, if we can, if we can somehow, what's better than a mulligan is not having it be a mistake, having it be just, you know, we just injuries just prevented us from doing it. So they could, you know, there's lots of different ways to, to spin it. I think 
you know, I think that they're, they're, they want to get a lot of information and compare the answers of all of these different coaches and so forth. And the underlying thing that I keep hearing is that they're blaming Bogle for not being more authoritative, I think, um, and more demanding. And it's kind of funny because the criteria that they set up of choosing his assistant coaches and limiting the length of his contract and so forth, and pretty much decapitated his, his ability going forward. And so, you know, I'm sure that, you know, Rambus in, in coaching sessions and things like that were, were things that, that happened because you don't have, and, and then hopefully the Lakers have learned from that too, that you interfere with a coach's job is not, a way to build confidence for the team. And and maybe that was part of what undermined Frank Vogel with the players this year, you know, that basically they could see that his job was in trouble, even though they may be the ones that fault for his job being in trouble. They could still see the, the dynamic that was going on between the media and between Frank and between, you know, and then all of the all of the discussions about Russ, and then the starting decisions with uh, DeAndre Jordan and Drummond, and all of those things that are that are front office interference with the coaching staff because they didn't hire a coach who was confident enough that he would walk away from the job like Ty Lue did. If you're not going to give me the power that I need, or alternatively, you know, uh, demand it and say, "Listen, you know, if you want me to be the coach, this is what you have to give me." You know, I like a lot of the people that they're looking at. We'll see what happens. They've included some interviews for people that I think would be disastrous. And like Joe says, there, there's just too many chefs in the kitchen advising Jeannie what seasoning she should put in and what's most important in the recipe for finding the right coach. We'll have to see. You know, I think the favorite still is is Quinn, is Quinn Snyder. I think he's the favorite simply because he fits all of the things. And, and he did what he could do with with the Utah Jazz. I don't think he could have been more successful. I don't think any coach could have been more successful at Utah over the period of time he had him. So I like his offensive approach and his defensive approach. I'm probably be frustrated as hell because he's very much like Bogle when it comes to substitutions and changing the starting lineup and making adjustments, you know. But of course, he came from an environment where the team was very stable, you know, and very doubtful of the Lakers it would be a stable franchise, you know. Even if we're winning, you know, there's still going to be turnover every year. So we've got a month till June 23rd is, I think, the, is that the draft? Uh, in that range, yes, that's correct. Yeah. And this is what, the 18th, 19th? 19th uh, so, the 19th yeah. of May, yep. A little over a month. So we got a little, a little over a month, month to wait. And I think June 29th is the deadline for Russell Westbrook to opt in. <laughs> knowing, knowing Russ, he may wait until then just to make sure the Lakers, you know, can't do anything until the last minute. Like you said, he could do that, but I have a feeling he's going to draw, you know, as soon as that contract is put in front of him, he's going to sign it very quickly. Now, when it comes to Quinn Snyder. Well, I don't think a, he signs anything. I think he just so says he has yes to an option, So he has yeah. an option to exercise. He picks them. He has the picks. That's what I meant. Picking up that. He has to exercise option. that option. That's what I meant. That's exactly right. What I meant. And he has to do it before, on or before June 29th. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be picking up that player. Both he option. and none. Yeah. yeah. Although none announced that he's going to do his, but we haven't heard from Russ yet. Well, it's forty-seven million dollars. So you well, tell yeah, me. Of course, he's going to do it. But yes, I think the other 
the other question would be James Harden if he picks up his option or he yeah. decides to go ahead and renegotiate to get an extension. I think that's still up for debate on whether or not both sides on that equation when it comes to the 76ers. But that's <laughs> you know, Karma's, Karma's coming around the corner for Daryl Morey, too, isn't it? Yes, that it is. That it is. But I wanted to ask you this you mentioned Quinn Snyder. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of a a little catch, a little hitch in the road then, you know, when it comes to Quinn Snyder. And that's the fact he's still under contract. Right. So you're saying he's the favorite. He would have to be either relieved of his duties or somehow work out a trade. I, I think the general, the general sort of analysis from everything I've read on it is that uh, we'll, we'll give a draft pick for Nick Nurse because he's that good, but nobody yes. else. Yeah, so I would Quinn Snyder. So Quinn Snyder would have to have reached a mutual agreement, which I'm sure if he wanted out, he could. They'll let him out if he wants out. You know, um, I, I think that so, would be a case. Yes. Yeah. So I think it'd be a mutual parting of the ways that you know. Okay, listen, it's new ownership coming in. It's a franchise that's going to make some moves with their major players. One of the one of the two major players are going to be traded. It's not a situation that I think makes sense for them not to do something. So we'll see. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you can get you the Here's cell copy, phone version you know? that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, <laughs> shell shaky has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're climbing their seat with the popcorn already in hand. You oh, know, come that, on, you, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah. But I mean, like with a mono I, sound, there you go. Oh right. God. Yeah. That's, that's the worst part. You only get sound on the left ear, yeah. not the right ear. <laughs> something like that you can find that version already if you really want it that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts once again it's laker tom for lakerholics.com be part of the conversation today at lakerholics.com wanted to ask you this as we head into our next subject and that is with Russell Westbrook being part of everything that's going on and the Lakers still much of a part of the jokes that are going on on social media, but also as well in the analyst booth where they seem to still have fun and take shots at the Lakers. I know JJ Redick who recently retired from the league late last year and Patrick Beverly, who is on vacation because he just lost with the Minnesota Timberwolves. They've had a fun time going back and forth, becoming the new faces of ESPN's NBA coverage. And I know they've made a lot of inferences and said a lot of things. I know J.J. Redick recently made statements that got really everybody up in arms because of his words of disrespect about Bob Cousy and some other old-time players that he showed a lot of disrespect for in some statements. And then Patrick Beverly in recent days has said a lot and gotten everybody up in arms from everybody from Chris Paul to the Lakers, adding on the asterisk bubble comment in regards to what everybody says about that. Their favorite team didn't win the championship in the bubble. 
was the Lakers. And so they, oh, it's got to be an asterisk on that. So your thoughts on what's going on with those guys and uh, the fact is Kendrick Perkins had said a lot in days that's gotten a lot of people upset as well. Your thoughts on these ex-players or in the case of Beverly, just player that's going on vacation that looks like he's going to become one of those talking mouths when his playing days are done. But your thoughts on these type of ex-athletes, it seems to be getting a little bit more harder edged in what their commentary is more than ever. It also seems to happen more often the closer they come to the end of their careers as players. Yeah. And Draymond Green, just to let everybody know, has signed a contract with TNT. So once his playing days are done, he'll be on that side of the ball. Well, everybody sees it as the natural thing. You know, you're either going to go into coaching or you're going into broadcasting or some sort of connection there that that allows you to still have a hand in the sport that, that got you there. Let's look at things one at a time. The koozie stuff, you know. Yeah, in a way, those guys are jokes compared to the players that are playing today and the skill sets that that the players have today and so forth. But man, you know, I mean, these are the guys who paved the way for how much money you're making and the the lifestyle you're living. So show some respect, man. I mean, seriously, you know, the basketball gods will punish you if you keep doing stuff like that. Or they should, at least, you know. Yeah, because I'm not going to ask you, I'm not going to say, hey, Laker Tom, do you think Bob Cousy would dominate in the playoffs right now? And I think the answer we both know what that that would be, but at least be respectful. Like you said, for the, for the path he paved for the players today. Yeah. When you go to your $5 million house and, you know, and you're driving your $200,000 car, it's, you can, you know, exactly who, who paved that road for you. Yeah. Uh, Because Um, these guys didn't, weren't making those guys, man. Remember back in those days, those guys had part-time jobs. And they did back to back to back. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's a whole different world. And, and you know, it's it, it's just amazing when I think back. Because I, I don't, I'm not sure if I really saw Kuzi play, you know, live on television. I know I saw Bob Pettit play. I saw the Hawks win a championship. I saw the Celtics win a lot of championships against the Lakers. And, man, the game really has changed dramatically, you know. I mean... Now it's, you know, the three-point the three shot, the Euro step, all of those things have, have, have so changed how the game is played completely. The Euro step has become a real bully ball move now. You know, I think that before it was always an invasive move, and now it's been turned in. It's been turned into, uh, I mean, I was teaching my granddaughter that same thing of being able just to, you know, cross that step over and change sides that you're going in and attacking the ball, the defender, and, and, you're liable to get fouled when you do that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just amazing, like you said, where we've come from, where, from where we've been. And, yeah. you know, I don't think that's a fair comparison. When you can't, you know, it just seems to be, even when it comes to like Will Chamberlain, no matter how much he dominated at his level back then, it is so hard to say, oh, yes, can Will be that same individual today? I don't think that's fair. That's a fair comparison because again, you're dealing well, with different athletes, different times. But 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 the same by the same token, those those guys would. There have been there are players, iconic players from every generation in the seventy five years that the NBA has been in existence. Who, if you took them in their prime and put them in the league today, they'd still be stars. There was he would I wouldn't say Will Chamberlain would be bad by any Whoa, stretch. Man. Will he, would dominate, man. I mean, at his, would be, at his peak, be, he was unstoppable. 
Although then they go five out and he'd be played off the court like every other center in the league seemingly. Yep. So yep. Yep. <laughs> playoff time comes, you're off right. the court. Well, sorry. So that's yeah, that's, but guys like him, can you remember the old one on one that they used to have as as uh, as the all star game or or actually was it just the tournament I think was sponsored? It was won by Rudy Tomjanovich. Mm-hmm. And and the game was when I was when I was growing up and playing basketball, we all played that game one and one. Yeah, and it was a game basically winners outs, and you could take guys underneath. There was no three point. There's no three second calls. Yeah. You could take guys underneath and just pump fake them until you just got and you just shot and you just you just didn't give the other guy the ball. That's how you win the game. Well, I'll tell you what. It's something again. I think it needs to be put in perspective, but. I, I didn't appreciate those comments. I think that was very disrespectful to those who came before him. Bev wants to be, Pat Bev wants to be a Laker, though. You, well, Pat Bev, okay. he wants to be the filler on the on the trade for Russell Westbrook for for D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> well, what's that's what Reddick said about disrespectful to those say Bob Cousy and and those in the past. But when it comes to Pat Beverly, he has been all over the place. He went off on God. I don't uh, want him on my Chris, team, Chris Paul. Well, he I really was actually, don't want him on my he team. He was drafted by your team and I my, don't team, want him on my team. So I, I respect him as a player, and I was probably most players who played against me probably thought I was Pat Bev type of player. You know, mm-hmm. I was more of an irritant. But now he's he's on the wrong side of thirty. People need to mention yeah. that as well yeah. with a contract that's not exactly. I hate small better. guards too. You know, I mean, in the NBA. <laughs> You end up being, Brunson, and, end, and even even though Pat's a good defender, he ends up being hunted a lot simply because yeah. he's only six one. Well, we saw Chris Paul finally be people figuring out that Chris Paul, you know what, is not that tall and yeah. can be actually exploited on the defensive end, and we saw good. that come to fruition. Well, I don't know. There's talk now that that he's got ninety million left on three years and ninety million, yeah. three years of thirty million left on his contract. Maybe he'll they'll trade him for Russ. Ugh. My gosh. Yeah, wouldn't Joe love that? The guy who actually has been pining and living that that nightmare in regards to the Chris Paul trade. We finally so get Chris Paul when he's over the hill. Yes, absolutely, indeed. That would be the last laugh for the Lakers. Although, right you know, I mean, just one series ago, he was 14 for 14 from the field in a killer game to cinch moving on in the playoffs, man. Well, if that's the case, and, I, and like I said, uh, you know, this week, Pat Beverly has said a lot of things that angered a lot of people out there. But if you were to go ahead and look at the landscape, you watch a lot of sports television like I do. You hear a lot of on the radio. You hear a lot of Sirius XM that's out, that's out there with the NBA channel. Who of the X players right now, and that includes the TNT guys, Sirius XM guys, ESPN, Fox Sports, whoever you want to go through, who is the one that stands out to you as an X player that gives you you know, you know, just some type of, of reassurance as a listener, some type of, uh, you know, you know what this guy, I know what this, this guy's really talking about. Like mm-hmm. Tony Romo, he goes into the booth after he ends his playing days and instantly becomes a premier analyst in the league. People are just, just loving the, what he does as far as how he's anticipating the plays and things of that nature, because he's just fresh off of the game, fresh off of the field. So he's able to see things in a great perspective. Who out there, as far as an ex-player in the NBA is concerned, that's covering the NBA, is really someone that you admire and actually follow? I like Eddie Johnson. 
He's opinionated, but he's good. Especially he's opinionated, but I, I love him like and Justin Termini together. I, I like how he stands up to Justin Termini. And yes. So that's that's always a, a fun situation. Of the guys on Sirius XM, and I do listen to that quite a bit. Um, Amina Hassan, I like him a lot. Oh, he, I mean, he's uh, he's awesome. He's, Absolutely, he's awesome. probably the, he's probably my favorite of all of the various. Excellent choice. Uh, uh, he just he just has a. He he's a former a front office of person. Irony, a sense of irony and intelligence about the sport yeah. and and a great sense of humor, a real dry, but a great sense of humor. I just want to let everybody know he's a former front office personnel. Right. If you're not familiar with his, he's work, not a, his work. Well, I don't he played basketball semi pro, I think. Yeah, I but think. he never played in the NBA. But I don't he's think he a, like I said, yeah, he's a former front office personnel, most prominently with the Phoenix Suns. But yeah, excellent, excellent choice. He's probably one of my favorites out there that knows the league probably better than anybody else that's talking out there he's you know there's so many of those guys just drive me nuts because of their prejudices that just i go crazy about um antonio daniels like i have i have a lot of respect for antonio daniels simply because he's on that morning show and he basically is always he's always fighting back against the cliches and assumptions that all of the other people on the program are always making about how this is always this way or that and so forth has a great perspective from a player is that things are things are usually a little simpler sometimes than, than people make them out to be. Is there anyone on the TV that you're you're admiring as far as the work that that they're doing of the television teams? We all know inside the NBA is great, but it's usually great for <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm of the, of that group of people. I Ernie is probably my favorite over Kenny, and and I do like Shaq and and Charles's humor and so forth. I can't think of her name now. Who's the uh, female uh, announcer who's on the... Doris. Doris Doris Burke. I think she's terrific. Of the TV people, she may be the ones that are the best. I I mean, I have have a lot of... Like, I really dislike the ESPN. I mean, you're bringing in personalities rather than than people who really understand the sport or former players and so forth. Stephen A. Smith, for me, and Wilbon as your main attractions in the foursome that you've got on ESPN, I think is a terrible combination. I turn the sound off every time I see them talking. You know, I still, I still like the TNT crew, um, but I haven't, I haven't really found any of these other crews that are doing the post-game stuff at all. Having created an identity, you know, they're sort of like, they're sort of like Sirius XM that, 50% 50% of the shows don't have the people who are part of the show. They have guests because the people who are part of the show either work for a basketball team like Eddie Johnson does or or have other gigs happening or, you know. Well, one of those individuals you didn't mention that I, I kind of like is actually on both SiriusXM and ESPN. And that's Tim Leglin, who provides to me some good insight, I think. He's uh, he great. He to- hates the Lakers. Uh, he does. Uh, he but, really is anti-liquor on almost every comment he makes. Well, that, that's, almost, that's almost pretty much any of the individual. It seems like I, you always get, for most of the part, for the most part, that on ESPN, it seems like they have a, yeah, they, but want I mean, cover, they want to cover Legler, the Lakers. Legler actually is gleeful when he has bad news about uh, the Lakers. But I'm talking about you his coverage the of the You can hear the smile NBA. across the radio, man. But his coverage of the NBA, I think he does no, have, like smart, right now during the playoffs. Guy. He's a smart yeah. guy, and he he he, uh, he understands the game very well. But I think he probably gets tired of the fact that ESPN has a priority of covering everything. I don't know. He must be a Celtics fan or something like that. 
Robert Carter is here. He wanted to go ahead and say in the chat room that they need Victor Oladipo. Well, Victor Oladipo, unfortunately for tonight on Miami, didn't do very much. In fact, the whole team didn't do very much, but we'll see what happens if he goes. Well, there is an interesting situation because the Lakers, the Lakers job this off season, in my opinion, is to find four or five legitimate rotation players who could start on an NBA team to go along with LeBron and AD because last year, the guys we chose Russell Westbrook, Kendrick Nunn and Taylor Houghton Tucker were all bust basically. And we need those players because you can't LeBron and AD and a bunch of minimum salary guys is not enough to win a championship. Yeah. So it's the players that we're able to land. It's the two players we'll get for Westbrook and a pick the one player will get for Taylor Horton Tucker and a pick. And then there's this whole issue about hard capping so that we get the $10.3 million MLE and a $4 million BAE. So $10 million MLE because of how few teams have salary cap, this have cap space this summer, there's like six or seven teams that'll have the $10 million MLE and a whole bunch of teams that'll have the $6 million MLE. But the $10 million MLE is going to be a very good player. It's going to be a player like a Victor Oladipo or a Bruce Brown or a, or a Isaiah Hartenstein. or I mean, they're going to be really, really good players because that is going to be the salary that 90% of the good players in the league are going to be going after. There'll be very few, very few little money for anything over the MLE because teams nobody has anything except for the exceptions to use yeah. the few teams that have big money most team most players don't want to go there because yeah. they're not where you're going to win and well, so it'll be fun to see the lakers the lakers could conceivably land a player like oladipo with their mle or i hartenstein or somebody like that two or three players who are splitting in three and a half million dollars each for example which is better than having a minimum salary player because you're at least getting guys who are better than earning the least that they can earn, you know? Well, it's going to be very interesting come free agency for that decision to be made. And Victor Oladipo, if he stays healthy, those are the words that I'm probably anybody that we're getting or trading for. If we trade Russell Westbrook, if we trade Russell Westbrook. That's the reason why some of those good names are on that list. Yeah. If they wouldn't be on that list, if they didn't have healthy, If they didn't have that little flag on them, that little red flag, Gerald. Exactly. Yeah, little red cross right next to the name tells you why they're on the list. Yes. If he stays healthy, they should all change their middle names to that. But before we head on out, my friend, it is the NBA playoffs Uh, right now. Again, we just saw earlier this evening the Boston Celtics tie up the series with a dominating win in Miami. They got Al Horford and Marcus Smart back, and that really boosted their Where did overall. Al Horford come from, man? He, well, he, he, he put himself Mark- in the time machine and went back like three years. And he was, does that for a game, and then the next game he kind of falters. So he had that huge game in the playoffs in the last round, and then the next game he kind of faltered. But I will say that is a great lift for them. He obviously – the past few days off because of health and safety protocols did him wonders as far as it's concerned so he did look really good contributing today marcus smart on a distribution end really uh, helped facilitate things and of course on the defense shooting wise it's still rough going but he didn't need to go ahead and shoot well because everybody else on the team seemingly shot well so they went on their way to a big win in miami 
and are now tied heading into Boston. So And they have home court advantage now. And yep, they now have home court advantage. So we'll see what happens there this weekend as Miami tries to go ahead and rest that back from Boston. In my prediction. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's looking more like I have to might I might have to change mine as well because mm. Boston really looked dominating. I take one quarter out of the equation in these last eight quarters and you really have a full domination by Boston. Yeah. It's just that one quarter, the third quarter in the first game that really is the difference and the reason why they're tied up at this point in time. But the other game, the other series involved, and that's going to start game two tomorrow night as we're recording this. And that is Golden State with the one nothing lead over Dallas. I'm not panicking too much on my pick uh, that I because I picked Dallas to go ahead and win in six because the fact that they started off this slow last round. Well, and it's, they're just holding serve. It's yeah. different. It's different than the Celtics situation because the Celtics stole home court advantage. Yes. Therefore, they are definitely the heavy favorite now in the East, whereas the Warriors simply held court. They held serve. Let me so ask you this. Serve again. It's, wait until somebody wins the game. If it goes to game seven, you know, it's a 60-40 chance. 60% for the home team, 40% for the other team. We'll have to see what happens. Let me ask you this, though, before we head on out, when it concerns this series, you know, you've seen a Jekyll and Hyde team in the Golden State Warriors. They, they played tremendously in game one of this series. But remember, this, this team is the team a week ago that got killed in Memphis. Right. Yeah. This is a team that just seems well, to... Well, but, but, but the coach wasn't there. Yeah, the coach wasn't there. The they thought New they were in Sacramento. They thought they were in Sacramento because Mike Brown was coaching. Yeah, it looked like it indeed. But when it concerns the Warriors, when everything's clicking, <clears throat> it's going to be really hard for them to be beaten by anybody. But the thing is, they often hurt themselves quite a bit. They're very turnover prone. They're committing to mistakes at times. They are a little bit undersized at, at positions, and I thought Luca was going to take advantage, but he was just bottled up the entire game in game one. Do you think that the Warriors can, will continue to have that kind of success in, for a seven-game series? You know, in a normal year, and I don't think this is a normal year, in a normal year, I think that you can take a lot more out of a dominant victory. For example, I don't have any confidence at all that Miami can come back. I just don't see them coming back against the Celtics. And it's primarily because of the defense of the Celtics and Marcus Smart. Uh There's a big reason why all of a sudden this game was under control for Boston right from the start of the game, whereas the other game wasn't. They they, They just didn't have their stopper. You know, Tatum and Brown are pretty good defenders, but they're not Marcus Smart. He's defense, there's a reason he was defensive player of the year. You know, you bring him in all of a sudden and tell him, hey, go stop that guy who killed us the other game. And that's what he did. I see something strange about this year, not just, and the injuries maybe have exacerbated it, but I, I, it's a theme that I've had all year long that I sort of see a changing of the guard. It's, it's certain players getting to the third or fourth year. It's it's Luca emerging. I didn't think that he could take him through that last series. I really didn't. And yet, the way he dominated that game seven was masterful, really masterful. He's going to be the NBA's best player in a couple of years, I think. Better than Giannis. Better than Giannis. 
That's a great possibility. He's just got to go ahead and commit on the defensive end. I really just think that that's the only missing missing piece. Well, and I think he can do it. Got to get in what... shape. He's got to get into shape. Yeah, uh, a lot better shape. Well, I man, agree. I mean, from the get go, six eight. He must, what is he? Must I must weigh two fifty? He's around 240, 245, I think. Yeah, yes. in that range. 245, man. I mean, because he bounces people off. Yeah, absolutely. He, he yeah, loves it when the small guys. Not, he's not buff, but he bounces people off. Yeah. Very much very much in the same way as Jokic does. Yeah. Jokic does the same thing. It's that they've got that inertia that comes from size that's like sumo wrestlers, you know. Absolutely. Don't, you're not going to move me, man. So, anyway, I see that. It's like I think that there's still a chance in in the in the Western Conference. I think it's going to be the Celtics versus whoever wins the Western Conference Finals. And right now, I think it's it'll go down to Game Seven. I think that it's going to be hard for the visiting team to win these games because each, these two teams know that whoever loses the first game in the road is probably going to lose the series. Yep, it, it looks means like that there's a priority that both teams have that the teams that they've beaten in the past didn't have, and that's why they're not there. I agree with you. It just seems like at some point in time, it's going to be whoever wins. Uh, you know, that's usually say when the series starts, it's usually when somebody wins on the road. So the series I mean, is it's hard to imagine anybody other than Steph Curry winning MVP in the finals. Well, right now, you've got to have some Could it be Jason up. Tatum? Could be. Uh, could it be Jordan Poole? You never know. Uh, I think uh, when it comes to clay, God, though, I don't want the Celtics in the finals, but I don't see how they're going to, I don't see how they were going to keep them out now. I don't see how indeed myself, because they had a dominating performance. The today. only thing that could the only thing that could work is just what I said about the fact that these are new teams that don't have, I mean, just look at it. You you got the, the Celtics on the one hand who, what's the best that they've done. They won the conference finals two years ago or three years ago, was it? So they're, so. they're one of the teams that are there. And then the other team, Miami Heat, nobody really expected Miami Heat to be there. What, what, they, what seeds are these? They're the four and five seeds? No, they can't be the four and five seeds. That are no, there. right now it's three and three and four. It's three and four seeds? Yeah. And in the West, we've got what seeds? No, the West is three and four. The When it comes to the East, it's one and two. Miami won the Eastern Conference. And really? Boston, they had the yep. best record? Yep, and Boston had the second best record. No kidding. Surprising. Yes. yes. That's because everybody, but everybody sort of thought that Brooklyn and Philadelphia were better teams. Uh, well, they were all, there were three teams I mean, this tied. Is sort of like the Utah Jazz winning the, and winning the West? Well, there was three teams that had the same record for second place. Boston, Milwaukee, and philadelphia but boston had the tiebreaker so, ah, i see okay so, yeah so there you go but laker tom it's been great to have you here we're going to be going ahead and talk more about what's going on with the lakers in the nba playoffs on sunday night but before we head on out i know you've got an article that's coming out soon or and that's out already on lakerholics.com i know jamie sweet is there doing his five things but please tell everybody why they need to hang out for a bit at lakerholics.com well, it's actually a great time to to stop by Lakerholics.com. I think one of the things that everybody will appreciate about it is that we try to curate a lot of stories and things that are happening in the Lakers that have a different point of view. And that we try to create subjects that that drive conversations so that so that the readers and, and the members on the site can can 
learn more and inform themselves more and get different points of views on on what the Lakers should do about the coaching situation, what they should do about free agency, what they should do about the trades, what they should do with Russ and Talon and the other players. It's really, like Gerald says, the NBA does not have an off season. It's a yeah. 12 months around. It's it's 24-7. And then the same thing happens on Lakerholics.com. If you're at all interested in in discussing who and why the Lakers should do make the moves that they should make and what kind of team we really should have and and what you really think of various players and various trade proposals and various proposed coaches. And it's a great site to express your knowledge of the Lakers and to learn more and make some friends. So be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, a huge shout out to everyone that watches us on the YouTube channel. Please go ahead and follow us today on YouTube. We have another great performance on our last video. I cannot thank you enough. Seeing the numbers, I'm just overwhelmed. It just makes me so happy that people are not only watching, but watching in great numbers on our YouTube channel. So please, a big shout out to you as always, and to everyone that watches or listens to us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But Tom, great to have you here once again. We'll be talking more NBA playoffs, maybe some more Lakers rumors. Who knows? Will Tom get interviewed for the Lakers coaching job and be asked, what would he do to be utilizing Russell Westbrook? And, you know, his answer would probably include a lot of four-letter words, too, as well. But it is Laker Tom. It is Gerald Glassford. Hopefully we'll get Joe Soro, Jamie Sweet, maybe Sean Grice, maybe even L. Rob on the next show. Hoping to see them there. But I'm also hoping to see you there as well, right here at the Lakers Fest.